Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I'm your host, and I am just so happy to be here with you every day, and today is no different from that. Um, I'm just so happy to be here to discuss, you know, mindfulness and, you know, mindfulness practices and the benefits that we can get from these mindfulness practices, things like stress reduction, emotional intelligence, and all kinds of other things, you know, self-awareness, all the things that come through emotional intelligence that, that can really, really benefit us in so many areas of our lives, not just where we work, even though this is called the Mindful Manager Podcast, you know, indicating that, you know, we're talking mostly about where we work, but, you know, that's only because we spend so much time at work, you know, but these, these, um, these habits are not something, these, these uh, benefits of the, and the habits that we talk about here are not limited to the, to the workplace, okay? They start there, they might, you know, kind of finish up there, but in between, it will ripple out to every single area of your life, okay? Okay. But the key is, as I say every day, um, you know, it's all about practice, right? We can't just sit here and expect that if we, you know, listen to a podcast every day, which I thank you for doing, or or we read a couple of books about mindfulness, or we, you know, somehow, you know, you know, do the sort of work to learn mindfulness, that, that it's all of a sudden going to change our lives. Now, it will change us on some level. I, I will grant you that, okay? However, the the benefits that I talk about here, it requires practice, okay? It's just the simple truth of it, okay? Now, the benefit of what I do, okay, and what I try to really, um, you know, focus on in my work, because I come from a place where I was not, I've not been a meditator for my whole life. You know, in fact, it's only been the last few years that I've gotten into it. And even at that point, like, I only spend about 20 minutes a day doing actual meditation. You know, most people who meditate every day do more than me, you know, but yet I'm this expert and I'm teaching people how to do it. And the, the, the reason why I talk about this is because, you know, I know that so many of us are so busy, right? Like we have, we have jobs, we have families, we have, you know, responsibilities, we have, you know, people count on us all the time for all kinds of things. And so, and so the, the idea of setting up an expectation that you're going to spend, you know, 45 to 60 minutes every single day to a lot of people, that's just a non-starter, you know, it's just like, no, I'm not going to get into that. I can't, you know, I can barely get to the gym for an hour a day. And that's, you know, something I do, you know, I've been struggling with for years, so I can't do this meditation thing for an hour a day, you know? And so, you know, I get wonderful effects from, from just 20 to 30 minutes a day. And, uh, you know, there are days where I do more. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell you that I never do. Uh, but, but it's not urgently necessary that I do. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. One of the philosophies that I work with is that there are two types of practice that we can do. Okay. We can do formal practice, which is sitting down and meditating every single day. And that, you know, you're really talking about maybe 10 minutes a day, if, if that, okay, like, like as a, as a requirement, right. And it can even be like two minutes a day to start with. And that's usually what I limit people when I start working with them. Um, but, but the thing is that we can complement that, uh, formal meditation with informal practices, okay? And this is where the magic is, okay, for me. And this is how it worked for me. That's how I've designed my program uh, that I work with people and teach people how to do. You know, I, I teach them exactly what helped me and it works, folks, okay? It really does. I have lots of clients who come back. These people do not do, uh, you know, 60 to 120 minutes of meditation every day. They do five or 10 every day, okay? But what they do is they do 
the various activities in their lives they do mindfully. Okay, and when you when you do enough activities during your life, your regular activities, washing dishes, eating meals, uh, walking from one office to another at work, uh, using the washroom, brushing your teeth, um, you know, driving, you know, all kinds of different ways in which you can um, you can apply mindfulness, which is just simply to pay attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. Okay, and when you practice doing that guess what? You get better at it, okay? And so when you practice doing, say, four or five things every day in this way, okay, by being present with it. So so when you're walking from one office to another at work, you know, you're paying attention to what's going on right here, right now, which is often, you know, as simple as paying attention to your outer senses, right? Your sight, your hearing, your smell, your touch, your taste, and your touch, right? If you, if you're walking through the hall and you're, you're sensing, you're, you're looking at what the light looks like, right? Are you going from one area where there's window light into a, you know, you're turning a corner now it's all fluorescent lighting. What does that look like, right? Like paying attention to it. What color is the carpet? What color of the walls, you know, what, what is, what am I holding in my hand? What color is the folder that I'm holding in my hand? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, checking with your ears. Do I hear printers going off? Do I hear, you know, people talking? Do I hear phones ringing? Do I hear, you know, the clicking of my shoes echoing in the, in the hallway, you know, pay attention to that, right? Um, you know, the smell, the taste, do I smell somebody cooking their, their food in the microwave? Do I taste the coffee that I just finished drinking or the tea that I just finished drinking. Um, and then touch, right? Do I feel like feeling the, the, you know, I often tell people focus on the bottoms of your feet. There's almost always a sensation happening at the bottoms of your feet if you pay attention to it. Okay. So simply by doing that, every time you walk through the halls, you are practicing mindfulness. Okay. And if you do that more often enough, it becomes habit. And when it becomes habit, it becomes automatic. And when it becomes automatic, you, my friend, are mindful. And, and, and this will change your life in so many amazing ways that it's, it's impossible for me to describe. I've been at this for 162 episodes now, and I still haven't scratched the surface on all the different benefits that you can get from this work. All right. And that's the thing, folks. I mean, that's what it is. It really does permeate every single aspect of our lives. And if we can commit to doing this, just like anything else you've ever learned to do in your life, right? You, you have learned through practice, okay? I often tell people, you know, something as basic, uh, uh, a primal uh, activity as eating, right? Like, like literally eating food to sustain yourself. The first time you're, you're, caregivers, your parents or your caregivers gave you a spoon and, and let you try to feed yourself the very first time, chances are you hit your forehead with the spoon before you hit your mouth with it, right? Chances are you hit the back of your head somehow without before you got it into your mouth, right? But you can't even imagine not being able to feed yourself, right? Because you practiced. It's really that simple, Okay, learning a new language. You know, when you start to learn a new language, you know nothing about it, right? You learn one word, you learn another word, you learn a couple of rules on how to use these words. You practice it over and over and over again. You use it, you immerse yourself in it. You, you might speak it at home. You might, you know, listen to, to you, know, uh, uh, you know, headphones, or, you know, Rosetta Stone kind of thing, right? Whatever it is, you might move to a country where they speak this language. You practice, you become good at it, you learn it, you, you become adept at doing it. It, okay. 
and everything else, right? The only things that you automatically know how to do are, are breathing, <laughs> heartbeat, growing, and blinking your eyes. Like, that's it. You know, that's pretty much the end of the list, right? Of that your body knows how to do without some level of practice. And so these, uh, these uh, you know, practices that I talk about with mindfulness are no different, okay? And so yesterday, I talked about the, the practice of gratitude and how this is really a way in which we can and sort of, you know, offset and balance out the negativity bias that we have in our in our minds, right? There's automatically there. That's what a bias is, right? It's something that's just automatically a way that you sort of look at the world, right? And, um, you know, and I talked about how, you know, how by paying attention to the positive things in your life, right, which is all gratitude is at the end of the day, right? It's all about just paying attention to things that are good in your life rather than the things that are wrong in your life, right? Like you're not going to be grateful for the things that are wrong in your life, right? So if you, if you focus your attention on the things to be grateful for, then you're automatically focusing on things that are positive, right? And I talked about how that can counteract and, and counterbalance the, uh, the negativity bias. Right now, the negativity bias is very much wrapped up in our fear. And of course, our fear is the very first thing that's involved with the stress response in our bodies, right? Once we start getting stressed, it's, it's all, you know, all, all bets are off, right? Like you're not thinking the same way. You're not, you know, your body is not optimized for, for, you know, for, for, uh, accomplishing goals. It's optimized for survival, you know, and so is your mind. And so is your, all of your senses and the whole thing, right? So as soon as you're in stress response, all bets are off. You can't consider that even living at that point, right? Um, and so, so in the same way that gratitude can help us to, to, you know, sort of reduce the stress response from the fear of those things in our lives. Well, there's another way we can do that with, with how we interact with people. Okay. Now it's not the first time I've talking about this and it won't be the last, but it's really, really important. Okay. By, 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 uh, practicing compassion, we can start to, you know, to, to sort of, um, you know, kind of focus our attention on the positive aspects of people, right? And when we do that, the negative, the negative biases that we have about people start to go away and, and any stress that they will have caused us, and they do cause a lot of stress, <laughs> okay? These will also go away with them, okay? So, so there's a lot of biases that we have about people. And this doesn't make you a bad person, Okay, so a lot of people get defensive about this because they feel like, oh, no, 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 I don't have this. I'm not, I'm not a racist. I'm not a sexist. I'm not a, you know, no, no, not me. I'm, I'm woke. I, I don't do that, you know. Listen, folks, we all have it. You know, if you grew up in a, you know, as a, as a person of one race in a, in a, in a society that was predominantly a, that race, then you have a race, a racial bias. Okay. There's no, there's no getting around it. Okay. But it's not, it doesn't mean that you're a racist. Okay. Um, you know, racism is an active uh, thing, right? Racism has intent to it, right? Racial bias is an automatic thing. It's subconscious. It's not your fault, okay? So, and racial bias is just one of so many different biases that we have as it relates to people that we see, okay? There are, you know, gender biases. There are cultural biases. There are, um, you know, age biases. There are, um, you know, just all kinds of different biases, you know? And the problem is that when you you look at someone, right? Someone who is a certain age, you've created certain judgments about that person in your mind 
automatically before they even open their mouths, right? Before you even get to, to know what they're all about, you've already made certain decisions about them based on this bias that happens in your mind on a subconscious level, okay? Habitual, automatic, subconscious, okay? And so when we practice compassion, what we do is we start to unwind some of those racial, not racial, but any of these biases that we have, we start to unwind them because when we practice compassion, what we're practicing is the automatic behavior of, of wishing someone well, okay, of just wanting no matter what, all things being equal, whoever it is that I'm experiencing, I, I extend my heartfelt wishes for your wellness, Okay. And so now this doesn't mean that you have to all of a sudden become some kind of saint where you're, you know, constantly doing things. It doesn't have to equal action, right? It's, it's a, you know, again, it's an automatic, it's a a mental habit that we're talking about. Okay. And when we can create this mental habit, right, the, the, the judgments that we have by, about people start to go away. The, the jealousies that we might feel about people go away. The, the fear that we might feel about people, which all all of this stuff can result in fear, right? Like, like whether it's, um, you know, whatever the bias is, ultimately the, the fear is going to be part of it, right? Like, you know, like if it's a gender bias, for instance, you know, maybe you're not afraid of someone of the other sex, but you're afraid of, you know, of what might happen, you know, if you don't have the upper hand of this, uh, of this interaction, you know, things like that. Like a lot of times when we approach situations, you know, in very subtle and automatic and, and subconscious ways, we are kind of vying for position. You know, we're, we're kind of like working an angle that we don't even realize we're working, right? And or, or we're afraid that other people are working angles on us that we don't, you know, that again, we're not really aware of, of that happening, right? So, you know, so, so when we practice compassion, of course, now I just said the word aware, right? And so this is also very helpful to do with, in conjunction with the, um, the mindfulness practices, right, which are going to build a sense of self-awareness, right? Because again, as I talked about before, if you're practicing walking down the hall at work and you're focusing on your senses, what you're doing is you're becoming aware of what's happening right here, right? As opposed to walking down the hall and thinking about the next meeting you have to have or or rerunning in your head the last phone call that you had, right? Because when you're doing that, then you're just on autopilot. You're not noticing any of this stuff around you and therefore you're not building any kind of awareness of the present moment. Okay, so when we build this awareness and then we also practice compassion, then we, we sort of help to form this overall awareness of these biases that we have. And then, and then we can, you know, sort of get past the, the sort of, you know, negative aspects of these biases that, that are really, you know, affecting us in very negative ways. Okay. And, and in pr- primarily with stress, right? Because again, when it all comes back down to some level of fear, right? Anytime that we feel fear in our, in our, you know, in our lives, in any kind of level, stress is going to be the next step, right? That's, that's how it works, folks. You know, you, you, you know, when you fear, uh, uh, you know, for your well-being on any level, your amygdala senses it, your amygdala then triggers your pituitary gland, which releases cortisol and, uh, and the whole thing starts, you know, I mean, I don't want to get into the scientific, you know, um, uh, machinations of it. And I might not be even correct. I don't know if the pituitary gland, um, 
secretes cortisol itself, but it's a it's a cascading effect. And, and cortisol is certainly part of that process, as is adrenaline, as is norepinephrine. And and when these things happen, you know, again, your body goes into survival mode. And therefore, no matter what you want to get out of a situation, chances are you're going to be very limited in what you have control over, okay? Because your body and your mind and your brain are going to be in survival mode. And once that's happened, like I said, all bets are off. You can't count on anything at that point because, you know, your your body is in a mode of being, you know, of wanting to just survive what is going on. The same way as, as, a, as a zebra running from a lion, right? It's the same exact thing that's happening in your body that happens in the in the uh, zebra's body, right? So how do we practice compassion? Okay, now there's two ways. Just like everything else I talk about here, you know, there's formal practice and then there's informal practice. Now, I really love formal compassion practice. Okay, now there's there's many different formal meditations you can do and there's many that I work with my clients on, okay? And some people are more comfortable than others with the compassion uh, exercises, you know, formal compassion exercises. Now, I've done some here on Practice Wednesday, so I'll just kind of give you a little, uh, you know, sort of run through of how how it works real quick. And then I'm going to tell you about the informal one, which I've also talked about here, but this is really, really powerful. So it's worth, it's worth repeating. Okay. Uh, so the formal meditation practice, and, and it really works on a very deep level. Okay. Um, you know, as you know, when we're, when we're practicing a meditation, like a formal meditation, what we're trying to do more often than not, we're trying to focus our attention right on, on something right now. A lot of times in, in mindfulness meditation, we're looking at our breath, right? We're focusing our attention on our breath, okay? But when we practice a a mindful compassion meditation, okay, we're, we're focusing not so much on our breath, but we're focusing on the process of wishing people well, okay? And, and by doing that, it's the same effect of focusing on your breath, right? You're, 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 you know, very, very sharply focusing on one thing and that is going to develop really good things in your, in your body and your mind. Okay. Um, and so the way you do it is you simply picture someone in your life. You start with somebody who's, I'm going to tell you the three people you're going to start with. And then, uh, and then I'm just going to give you the practice that you're going to do for each of them. Okay. Well, actually it's four. The first one you want to do is for yourself. Okay. And this is a really big part of it. And this is a step that most people forget to do. And I'm, I'm not dissimilar to that. Uh, in fact, for at one point for like an entire month, I did only self-compassion, uh, you know, loving kindness directed towards myself for 20 minutes every single day. And it, changed me in so many beautiful ways. So you can try that too. Okay. For a few weeks, just do self-compassion, right? But then once you get uh, past that point, you want to do in the, in this order, you want to think about yourself, then think about someone, you know, and when I say think about, I mean, picture their image, right? Like as though you're holding a picture of their face, right? Like a headshot, like nice and sharp and showing them the way that you, you know, recognize them the most. Okay. So start with yourself, then go to, to someone who represents nothing but positive emotions for you. Okay. This person is a family member, a good friend, uh, uh, you know, even a religious or spiritual, uh, you know, figure who, you know, you, you just revere them. You look at them and they give you nothing but positive feelings. Okay. Then you go to someone who's neutral. Okay. A cashier you see often, you don't know their name. Uh, someone who works in your office, but you never talk to them. Um, you know, people you see on the bus or the train or, or people, you know, 
you know, whoever, just people who are neutral to you, right? You don't, you know, when you think of them, you don't think positive, you don't think negative, you think neutral, okay? Then someone who represents negative emotions for you, okay? Now, you don't have to start with the worst of the worst, okay? You don't have to start with the person who, who makes you feel terrible, but, but start with somebody who's just maybe a little, you know, niddling, annoying kind of to you, right? And just gets up your sleeve a little, right? And then work your way up to that person who represents like the, the, the worst level of, you know, <laughs> like, like the, that makes you feel the worst emotionally, okay? But work up to that, okay? Really be kind to yourself and work up to that. Okay, so in order, okay, you're going to pick each one of these people, starting with yourself, ending with this negative person in your life, and, and in between the positive and the neutral, okay? And you're going to simply repeat the following phrases. And you can do this by yourself. I have guided meditations that I've given you here. I'd be happy to send one to you if you email me. But you can totally do this just by yourself, okay? You simply picture this person's image in your mind, okay, starting with yourself, then going to a positive person, then a neutral person, then a person who's negative to you, and you simply say the following phrases, may you be well, may you be free from suffering, may you find forgiveness for your mistakes, may you be free from fear and insecurity, may you feel loved, may you be happy. Okay, now those are my terms. You don't have to use those terms. Okay, I think you're, you, you can probably figure out terms that work for you uh, that are more comfortable. But, but the idea is to simply wish for these people the things that you would want for yourself. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You know, everybody wants to be well. Everybody wants to be free from suffering. They want to be forgiven for mistakes. They want to be free from fear. They want to feel loved and they want to be happy right? So that's the idea that you're just kind of, now, if you go into like the traditional Buddhist meditation version of this, you know, it's very eloquent and beautiful phrases, you know, and you're more than welcome to look those up and, 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 repeat those too. You memorize them, you repeat them. Okay. And in turn, you repeat those to yourself, to the person who's positive to you, represents positive emotions, then the person who represents neutral emotions, then the person who represents negative emotions. Okay. Do that every single day or as much as you want to do, right? Like, you know, if you do it every single day for about a month, you will be amazed at how things change for you. Okay. Now, Another, uh, an informal practice that really, really works well, you know, whether you're doing them together or you're just doing this informal practice, like I've had people do no meditation at all and just do this informal meditation, this informal practice rather, and they have come back and said it has changed their lives, okay, and only after like a week, like, you know, even after a couple of days, some people, okay, um, you're simply going to do the following, okay, it's, it's a super simple practice and it is so, I mean, I can't even even tell you how profoundly effective this practice is, okay? You're going to set a timer to go off on your phone or on your computer or on your watch or whatever, you know, uh, just set something to remind you every hour, okay? And after a couple of weeks, you'll no longer need the, the timer, trust me, okay? But, um, but set the timer to go off every hour. And when it goes off, you simply stop what you're doing for only 10 seconds, okay? No more than that, just 10 seconds, Okay, and, and in those 10 seconds, you simply look around 
to the people that you can see in the room around you. And silently, you don't have to do this out loud because that could get very awkward, okay? But silently, just look at each person that you can see. Five people or so. It doesn't have to be a, you know, if you're in a room full of 200 people, you're just going to do as many as you can do in 10 seconds, okay? And you're just going to simply say inside your head, inside your, quietly inside your mind, you're going to say, I wish you well. I wish you well. I wish you well. That's it. Okay, that's it. Just do that for for 10 seconds for eight times a day. Okay, by the way, I didn't I don't think I said let it go off eight times a day, but just 80 seconds, okay, not even a minute and a half of your time, and this will change your life in so many profound ways. Okay, now I've talked about this practice before. I'm sorry for repeating myself, but it's just it's really, really valuable. And I hope that you all get your chance to do this. I guarantee if you try this for one solid week. You're going to email me and you're going to call me and you're going to tell me, Art, you are so right. I didn't think you were right, but you are so right. This has changed things on a ways that I could never have thought possible. <laughs> Unless maybe you do think it's possible, in which case, thank you. Um, so that's it, folks. Okay, that's the the, the practice of compassion, uh, which will, you know, if you do that for, you know, the, the if you, here's the prescription, okay? If you were to do that, in for, the formal practice that I just gave you for, say, five to 10 minutes every day and do this, um, this, uh, informal practice, you know, at the same, you know, every single day for, for two months. Okay. I guarantee you, you will be almost stress-free by the end of that time. I guarantee it. Okay. And if you're not, then there's something else up and I'll be happy to, you know, for, for absolutely no money, I will te- I will help you figure out what that other stuff is. You know, um, I'm just saying that because I am that strongly convinced that it will help you in that level. All right. Um, so anyway, Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you get to do these practices. They are really, really helpful. And, uh, and I wish you well, all right, all of you. And uh, I'll be back again on Monday with some more good stuff. And I hope you're doing well. And I, I really do wish you well today. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.